Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Texas Podcast Massacre slash Movie Misfits Podcast. Uh, as we, as you already know, we are transitioning over to uh, the Movie Misfits Podcast at the beginning of 2021. Don't forget to follow us on uh, the Spotify's and the Apple Podcasts when it does become available. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us right now. Uh, on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever, wherever uh, podcasts are, are, are found. Uh, but I am indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me uh, are our horror experts extraordinaire. We got Dirty Dirty Derek. How you doing today, sir? I am good, sir. I am uh, just excited to be a couple weeks away from 2021. Yeah, I got news for um, you. I got a spoiler alert for you, buddy. <laughs> what, what's that? What's it's it? going to be the same bullshit. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I was, I was like, this is this is a year that I, I clean up my dirty act. Nope. Start fresh in the new year. It gets it, even it, dirtier. Dirt, dirty and uh, even dirt, the dirty Dr. Derek 2.0, 21 version, dirtier than the last. I don't think anybody can handle an even dirtier Derek. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> We'll see. We're, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. Uh, we're gonna go. Think Jared's, of the children. We're gonna go to Jared's Little's Jared Little's Dig Times Two. All right, we're going twenty six inches right. this time. That's right. That's right. Exactly. That's, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go with conjoined twin Jared Leto Dick. Like, <laughs> they're they're joined at the hip. You're so you're gonna go Jared Leto Requiem for a Dream. Jennifer Conley ass to ass dirty. That's what you're doing. Ass to ass. Ass to ass. The greatest line delivery in history. It is. I used it yesterday, wow. actually. <laughs> shocking. Oh, shocker. I don't know if I can tell you the lat level of dirty, but I'll try. That's my, you know, that's my goal for twenty one. All so. right, and uh, of course we got Jimothy James Dean, the Supmaster. How you doing? Sip, sip, sip. Uh, yeah. Weirdly that you brought up uh, Jared Leto because um, I was just uh, sharing on social media. I don't buy. I don't wear superhero T-shirts, even though I'm a long-time comic book collector. I very rarely do I buy one, but they. Uh, I found one of Morbius, the Living Vampire, and it's a stupid fucking character I just happen to love. But he is actually being played by Jared Leto in the Sony film, and mm-hmm. I said, "I'm like, I hope, I hope that movie gets indefinitely uh, delayed because I don't even want to incidentally do, like own or support anything Jared Leto." Uh, who's a decent like, actor, but I just like, I don't, I'm not ready for that vampire dick. I'm not ready for exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm very excited though today. Uh, I think this is we could do a whole podcast of just the shit I watched this week. So yeah. I'm just gonna oh. give you the spoiler. Of what this is a lie? Need, there's a lot you need to talk about. All right, and before we jump into what we've been watching uh, today, we are talking. Uh, we are going over our uh, ideas uh, of horror films. Uh, we. We came up, you know, y'all came up with the horror uh, movies. Uh, uh, but before we do that, too, uh, I wanted to correct myself uh, because last week on Going Commando, I gave some bad information uh, regarding that HBO Max deal with Warner Brothers releasing their 2021 films. Uh, so it's a little, it's a little fuzzy, uh, but it, it turns out like when I said like, oh, they need to subscribe to an annual membership, that wasn't the case. They are really. If you have a monthly subscription, you have you're gonna have uh, access to the movies that get released. Um, There's I no wish, free trial. Yeah, yeah, no free trial or anything like that. 
Um, it, 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 which is interesting because I don't know how they're going to make money. Like, I, I just don't understand that. I mean, I know HBO Max is going to just give out a ton of money to these movie, uh, these movie productions. Um, but <clears throat> it's just really weird. And it's interesting times that we definitely live in. Uh, one person who isn't happy about it, uh, is, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he he put out a, a a message here to the Hollywood Reporter uh, saying some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working with the worst streaming service. Uh, <laughs> which I kind of think it was a fucking dickhole thing to say because guess what, dude, you already got paid. Like you yeah, got paid he's already. Pissed. He's just pissed because because the Crudes beat out Tenet in the box <laughs> office. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing: is like if he had taken his movie, in my opinion, like and released it, like directly on like video on demand, he would have made his money back tenfold. Well, no, but, but he let thing. it go to the theater. He didn't lose it, any money. He didn't lose yeah. anything. The, the well, Warner Warner Brothers are the ones that are out out, out that money. Uh, right. Because he didn't want to push it back any further. Like, the actors got paid. You know, the studio... I mean, the studio got yeah. paid. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, the studio workers, or the union workers, uh, you know, everyone's taken care of. Now it's on, on the the uh, uh, the responsibility for Warner Brothers to make that, mo- they make that money back. Um, but, you know, if you think about it, I mean, granted, if you go back pre-COVID... Uh, you'll see that you know uh, this is this this is Warner Brothers' idea way before COVID happened. They were they were they were, they were wanting to try this out uh, way ahead of time. Um, it just so happened coincidentally that COVID happened. They had to you know uh, they just pushed it a little bit you know sooner rather than later. Um, but you know, uh, but that being said, that that aside, uh, with with Tenet coming out, he could have pushed it out. He could have pushed it back until everything was in the clear and just waited for everyone to go back to the movie theaters if that was ever like everybody else a, did. Like everyone like else, everybody else, else did. did. Exactly. Uh, or even yeah, but like you even said, Derek, like you, you could have done it on uh, something like HBO Max, and I'm, I'm sure it would have killed. But it, it, it does it, playing my devil's advocate for myself. It was like what I mentioned last week too. It's like. There's, there are some movies that it, that are that do require like a cinematic experience sometimes. Um, I think sure. with with most Christopher Nolan movies that's going to be the case. But uh, but I just wanted to bring you up onto the, yeah. the the movie gossip, the movie drama. Hey, well, you know, and, and, and Legendary is suing Warner Brothers, so like because they had no say in the release of Dune and yeah. uh, Kong versus Godzilla. So I mean, I will say this though. I've never been a fan of Christopher Nolan. I mean, as a filmmaker, I feel like he's he makes good movies, but they're yeah. not the they're not the masterpieces I think he believes they are. Let alone <laughs> the amount of hype he gets. But he also is always he he I've never he's always rubbed me the wrong way. So I think this is a sort of uh, for me more more fuel to that fire. But it is a crazy <laughs> scenario. But Harmless. as a consumer who who does already pay for HBO Max. Uh, I'm excited because I get to see those movies. Yeah, yeah you know, I, here, here's the thing. It's like everybody just wants their piece of the pie. And, you know, and, and it's not about the people that are watching the movie. Like, that's what it boils down to to me. Like, I hear stuff like that. AMC put up a fight about, you know, how they were, you know, ruining the industry. But they did the same thing with um, with the Universal, I think. Like, was one of the, you know, because they wanted to release, like, Scooby, Scoob and, a Trolls World Tour. Okay, you're gonna AMC. You're gonna fight about Trolls World Tour. Okay, um, <laughs> you know, and they said they were gonna boycott it. So like, what are you gonna get a, get a boycott? Uh, 
you know, this as well. And then the only thing they have left is, is Disney movies, which go to streaming anyways. So, I mean, it's, it's, they think about your consumer. That's, that's what I say. Like if they're buying it, they want to watch it, right. Yeah. They're going to yep. invest in it either way. So it, one way or another release on DVD, release on multiple platforms. If you want to buy it, own it, rent it, stream it, like whatever, man, people are watching it. That's, that's who you're making the movies for. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah. I, I just want to see that business model though. Like I want to know, like I, I'm, I, I can't find it anywhere with my Google searches. Uh, and it's it just, I, I don't know how they're going to make money. Like it, it, HBO max or, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, but I guess you know it, it's a good test uh, to see what happens. I'm sure Warner Brothers isn't going to go bankrupt with these movies, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. But that being said, let's go on, on a lighter note. What did y'all watch this week, guys? Ah, uh, so much, so much. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I know, uh, I think, uh, for going commando, uh, Jim, oh, Derek went first. Yeah, Jimmy T can go first. He, yeah, all right. Like he has a lot to unpack, and uh, yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll trail behind. I'll try to be quick. Some of these don't deserve a lot of discussion. Um, <laughs> one of the first, it was the first one uh, that I watched since our last uh, podcast. Um, did first off, can you guys hear me? I think did I just yeah. lose audio? Okay, good. No. Yeah, we got I, you. I, yeah. I muted myself. That way, there's no like a lot of feedback. Okay, good. So I watched that movie Run. I don't know if you saw that, but. Um, Starring, um, oh, what's Sarah her name? Paulson. Thank you, Sarah Paulson, uh, who's always great. She's a phenomenal actress. But you know, a kind of um, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's you know, a, a, like a it's like a family-driven horror movie that's sort of family inspired family by some real-life scenarios. But it, overall, that was good. Though I thought the performances were good, and I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I I would definitely recommend it. Um, I watched uh, this movie called Stakeout, which is a a like like Emilio Estevez. No, not that Stakeout with uh, <laughs> Rose, Rosie O'Donnell. Um, no, it's so it's basically like a mockumentary comedy horror comedy about basically this guy who's making a documentary about this dude that says he's a vampire slayer, and um, you know. Uh, I won't no spoilers, but you know this for the majority of the movie, you think this dude is a fucking, you know, uh, a pathological liar, and then he does turn out to be a pathological liar. But then there's this, anyways, I, you know, you can kind of see where this is going. You know, it's just it was a stupid. It was something I put on while I was drawing, just so that I was like, I'd never seen this, and it was. I mean, it's stupid, and it's you know, be, you know, the acting's not great, but it was interesting enough that I was like, Oh, that's a little, but, but I had never heard of it. And it was, you know, relatively new. I think it came out in 2018. Um, I watched, uh, this, um, well, I'll get, to, I'll actually save that one for the last. Um, uh, I watched, uh, road games, which is a movie. Um, I hadn't seen in a long time. I bought it actually the, um, scream factory release, um, I hadn't seen it in probably 10 or 15 years, um, but I rewatched it. And it, it basically, so it's an Australian movie. It, it's set, even set in Australia, but it stars Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. In fact, it was the last horror movie Jamie Lee Curtis filmed before uh, she was basically scared by uh, Roger Ebert saying that she was going to get typecast as just horror. Um, but it's not even traditionally horror. It's more of a thriller um, like a psychological thriller, but it's fucking great. And it's written by um, this dude, Everett DeRoche, who wrote all these amazing 
he's basically like the best screenwriter of uh, uh, that Australia has ever produced. He wrote all these amazing uh, movies. Um, I believe he wrote Turkey Shoot, but he wrote um, Long Weekend. He wrote Razorback. He's just an amazing writer. And this, it's such a fucking great movie. I, I There's even an opening sequence, which I didn't even remember having seen it. I don't know if I maybe... I. I don't know, but the whole opening sequence is fucking great. It's there's almost like a '70s giallo Italian kind of vibe to the first the opening scene, but it's just it's so stylish and cool. But uh, Stacy Keach is great in it. Um, for the little that Jamie Lee Curtis is actually in it, they do sort of promote her as being more in the movie. Is she is involved more? But I won't give any plot spoilers away. Um, this is a movie that you definitely have to see to sort of enjoy the mystery of it or or the ro- the not even really the mystery, the journey it goes. But Stacey Keach is so fucking good in it, and it's a great movie, highly recommended. Um, uh, um, I watched The Possessor. Uh, not as impressed as everybody else. I'll save that for our uh, our next episode because it ties into this uh, sort of end of the year recap. Um, it was good, but it wasn't. I was. I think I was overhyped for me. Um, it was. It just. And it's hard too because Dave Cronenberg is such one of my all-time favorite filmmakers that like maybe I'm extra hard on his son, but not that it was a bad movie. It just wasn't as great as I was hoping. Um, yeah, we could talk about the next one. I've seen that one as well, and yeah, I I kind of expected more. Yeah, so. same. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So the two I really want to talk, there's others on here, but I'm gonna it's there's too much. Um, the two I want to talk about um, are one, The Dark and the Wicked. Um, which is on, that I will also talk about on our next episode. Um, but uh, it, it's a ghost story that I did, I did really enjoy. Um, uh, very much a sort of um, a Southern Gothic uh, take on the, on a, on a, on a ghost story, but I really liked it. I liked the realistic characters and stuff. Um, we'll talk more about that, but the one I really want to talk about because it came out of nowhere for me and I wasn't expecting anything from it, is this movie called Anything for Jackson. Um, Derek, have, have you seen it yet? I It's uh, it's on my list to watch for Shudder. I, mean, I did not okay. watch it yet. So first off, I'll give you some backstory on the movie itself. So it was it's written and directed by this uh, guy who has done, I think, over 40 Hallmark movies and like kids' films and comedies. But his whole life, his big goal was to direct a horror movie. He loves horror movies. Um, so this was his first attempt. And holy shit, what a good movie. Um, the acting, first off, it's got the, the so I should actually, I should know the, um, let me look up the guy's name just so I'm, I'm giving him the credit he deserves. Um, uh, so the director's name is Justin D, Justin G. Dick D Y C K. I haven't. I actually haven't heard it. It actually pronounced, but um, yeah, Justin G D Y C K. Justin J Dick. But so first off, the cast is fucking incredible. So Sheila McCarthy and um, uh, Julian Richings, who are they're character actors. They're older. They're very unique. They've been in horror movies and stuff before. But Julian Richings is just there's something overtly creepy about him. But he's done a ton of. Um, in fact, I think he his big thing was um, uh, he plays the small uh, inbred mutant. I forget the character's name, but in wrong, the wrong turn. Um, but he's been in a ton of things. But he's a very wheezy looking guy. But he doesn't get cast in a lot oh, yeah. of like actual. 
three finger, three finger. I think three finger. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, Sheila McCarthy, who's also, you know, she's been, she's a longtime character actress. She's been in a ton of things. Um, even going back to, uh, you know, the eighties and stuff. Um, but again, two older British actors, um, who don't, you know, they don't get starring roles. I won't ruin anything from the movie. It is sort of a weird, it's, it's a combination between something like, uh, Rosemary's baby slash. It's even hard to explain it. It goes in places. You don't think it's going to go. One thing I found, uh, really striking about the movie is that when there is some gore that happens in the movie, it, it's very visceral gore, which, you know, kind of, you don't expect. In fact, the opening sequence sort of tells you everything you're going to need to know about the movie because it's got this one tone. All of a sudden, it just sharply turns tone out of nowhere, and then you get a very hard left turn. Um, anyways, really great movie. I think people are actually talking about it a lot right now. I watched it completely. I just was like, oh, this is, looks interesting. Yeah, I, I, I hate the cover art, the the poster art, but I was like, you know, I read the synopsis. I, I it blew me a fucking way. And then now on social media, I started. Now people are actually catching on, so it's cool that you know other people are enjoying it. But highly recommended. Um, I watched some other things that I'd like to talk to, but it's just we we don't want to ramble on all day about the things we watched. But yeah, so those are the ones I felt like worth mentioning. What about you, Derek? Right. So I'm, I'm gonna start off with one that you had recommended, um, oh, yeah. Hellmaster. Um, it's I. I call it the the, uh, the, the poor man's Hellraiser. Um, <laughs> it wasn't bad. It, it made me laugh. It made me laugh way more than I thought I was going to laugh at this movie. The, the one part that really got me, and it's, it made me feel also terrible at the same time, was uh, the the young the young man with the crutches uh-huh. uh, who you know gets gets turned, and then you know the kind of the premise is like you 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 get turned into like one of these mutants. Right. And, uh, and you don't have to use the crutches anymore. Not going to make fun of you, but then he ends up getting his ass kicked with his own crutch. And I'm like, poor guy didn't even get a chance to walk like three feet with no crutches before the girl beats his ass. Uh, and so <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is, I can see the direction. This is, this is going to go in. Um, but I, I will say, you know, obviously John Saxton is great. And um, I, I thought the cast was funny. It was, you know, um, it was a very interesting movie. I, I thought that like the little, I think her <laughs> freaking was like monkey boy <laughs> in the yes. movie. Um, Something. was su- super creepy. I was like, man, you're just you're creepy. He's got this like doll like face with like just a little tuft of hair. I was yeah. like, when these people go mutant, they, they're fugly. They're fugly yeah. looking. Um, yeah, I mean, slash face. I think it was the other name. Like, not exactly yeah. brilliant names for these characters, but um, no. But but it was still it was worth it was worth the watch. So I appreciate the recommendation. I saw it and I was like, you know, what? yeah. I think I think the thing that because again I watched it like you know just I I saw the cover art or the synopsis. I'm like, how have you never heard of this? In fact, that John Saxon was the sort of the main bad guy. But again, it was just the tone of it's so weird. It's like it's both weirdly campy and kind of goofy but like you can tell a little bit of it's on purpose but not all of it's on purpose but then it's also genuinely like really creepy the fucking kid that the the little so legitimately creepy like yeah the whole the whole scene where he's like and he has this like creepy he's like we're gonna play with you now and like when he attacks the two in the like the basement like the toxic waste and like i'm thinking for a second like 
that guy's gonna he's getting slashed and leg he's gonna grab that waist he's gonna land on the kid but inevitably he falls to the ground the waist just lands on him and i'm like oh dude party foul that is, that is terrible like <laughs> you just, and it just melts him away and i was like dude, that sucks um but yeah it was it was, a, it was a fun watch uh the other one i want to talk about was uh super i was so excited for this i saw it on netflix it was called ghosts of war I don't know if you've if you watched that one yet, James. Oh, I saw it advertised. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Is it good? No. <laughs> um, it starts off really good. So, um, you know, that kind of the, the premise is, you know, World War II and, you know, the tail end of the kind of the Nazi, uh, you know, fall of the Nazis. Um, and they, these group of soldiers kind of, kind of are going through and they, they have to bunker down in this like very large mansion. The last group of soldiers is very quick to like get out of there. But it has rations, has wine, has you know good night's sleep. So they they hunker down, and of course they start seeing things that are supernatural. So it starts with a very like gothic ghost story, uh, nothing over the top, and then totally goes totally out of left field, like completely out of left field in a, in a direction that is not only ridiculous but it makes no sense it gets super futuristic and i'll just say that like go from this like world war ii ghost story to like a total pivot of like in the, in the other direction but also keeping it as a ghost story at the same time and then it just ends um billy zane's in it so i was like all right billy, billy zane's in it um so i i was like i mean can it be all all that bad but it had a good cast and that was what was super disappointing about it um you know uh had some pretty well-known actors. It, uh, how Kyle Gallner was in it. Um, Alan Richards, who's I, I think you would probably know him from. Uh, he was on the the main guy. He was on Blood Drive. On that. Okay. Yeah. 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 A pretty big brooding guy. Um, a couple other. One guy was from like Sons of Anarchy. Um, There's a couple like pretty well-known actors in there. So I was like, well, this this already is shaping to be good, and it was pretty for a war movie, like kind of a war ghost story. The the aesthetic for the first like probably 45 or 50 minutes like was great like even towards the end i was like all right this is kind of cool like they're they get it you know there's they're trying to determine whether or not like spoiler trying to determine whether they're like in purgatory did they die you know why are they stuck like they can't leave the house like they keep going in loops um so i was like wow this is really like i'm really interested to see where it goes and then it just falls off the rest they just kept going in the direction that they were going in it would have been great. Like I would have, I would have probably been raving about it, but um, yeah, just totally ends like in the totally opposite direction. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like this is the most ridiculous ending I've ever seen in my whole life. And I was mad at that point. I was like, and then when it just ended, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even get an ending. This is terrible. Like you veered me off in the wrong direction. And then you just pull out of me. And this is terrible. I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I kind of now want to see it more than I did before. <laughs> like, cause yeah, I want to see I, how you should just watch it like solely just for the ending and like, let me know what you think, because I think I may I have to, like, I was like, what, what the fuck just happened in this movie? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyways, I won't, I won't spoil it for you. I'll let, I'll let you watch it. Um, what show actually I've been binge watching this week, James, I don't know if you've watched or not on, on Amazon was, uh, is uh truth seekers. Uh, no, I Nick haven't. Brock, Simon Pegg. I, you know what? I really like it. I really, yeah. I mean, it's very X Files. Like, obviously, it's, it's very campy. And it pulls in a lot from that that group's 
you know, days within like spaced and like, you know, obviously you can watch it and probably pull like characters out from a million Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies, but it's actually pretty decent. Um, Malcolm McDowell plays Nick Frost's dad in that movie and he's freaking fantastic. He never wears pants. That's his thing. Like he just doesn't like wearing pants. So you just walk around the house in his underwear all the time. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool. It's very like very supernatural, very old, a lot of it's set like within the British, like a lot of the places are British countryside stuff. So um, some of the stories are very like very uh, supernatural, like haunted hotel based. Uh, but it's kind of cool. It's a very like story of the week type. I'm only I'm only uh, you know a few episodes in, but you know so far it's kind of a uh, individual stories with wraparounds, big part play playing into a larger thing. But I you know what they're not long episodes, worth worth a few first few to watch. If you have time, if you're looking for something, um, the other movie I watched, I won't, I won't get into it too much because it really just sucked. Was on Shutter was a movie called Christmas Presents. I was like, oh, uh, get a holiday, yeah. get a holiday movie in here. So never met a group of more unlikable characters in a movie in my whole life. These people were fucking terrible. <laughs> if I was stuck in a weekend with them in a cabin, like a friends weekend one, I would question. I would question my entire life on why these people are my friends, um, first and foremost. And then I would probably just go into the woods and die a lonely death because I would rather <laughs> do that than live in the house with these people. They are terrible. Um, so <laughs> that's, uh, I think, more more swings and misses this week uh, for for movies. But, you know, live and learn. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's why we're pitching movies tonight because, you know, sometimes I think we could do it better. So. That's right. Exactly. Well, it's funny because I watched, uh, I was watching the, um, I, I watched, because uh, I, they're not as like, even though the second Silent Night Deadly Night is also trash. In fact, it's 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 literally only really memorable for one line in the whole film, the garbage day line. But uh, I, I did, exactly. But I rewatched um, uh, Silent Night Deadly Night parts uh, three and four. And, uh, which were I forgot were Brian Usenet films, um, but man, it's like it's like you have to make like horror characters have to be light. Like if I don't know, like it's a weird sort of failing in horror movies where it's like for some reason there's horror film screenwriters who think like oh it's it will be funny or cool if all these characters are miserable pricks. Like no, that's not cool. Like. A lot of franchises do that. Like the Final Destination will be a bunch of dickhead characters. You're like, this these characters still have to be likable characters. Otherwise, what's the point? But even right. if you're watching them all get picked off, but I don't know. It's a weird failing. I did want to say two things though, real quick. First of all, I, one of the movies I forgot I did watch because it I felt like it's a De- Derek movie. Is that movie Countdown? Um, about oh, I see that. I see that movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, like the killer app yeah. or whatever. Uh, I thought it was like an interesting premise. It's very much like a sort of modern final, I, I, final destination it, type of like truth or dare Blumhouse it's, it's level. Exactly. A bloom, it, literally, I was going to say, it's like a Blumhouse sort of <laughs> yeah. modern film. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it, it was an interesting concept. But the thing I want to talk about is I know for a long time, I, I, I you know, I have the YouTube shows and podcasts that uh, I, are my go-tos, but um, I know you've always been a big fan of Dead Meat and the um, Kill Count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I'd watched one, but um, I saw it come up as one of my recommendations, and I was like, "Yeah, Derek really likes that show, that that YouTube show." And yeah, I, I think I've burned through I think seventy percent of like every one of his Kill Count Super episodes. Easy to like, watch. He's very like, yeah, he's very good. He's very 
he's one of the yeah. guys that's actually pretty witty. Like a couple times in the episode, I will actually like physically laugh out loud, which is yeah. you know is not common for me. Uh, but um, but yeah, and also like yeah, so it's like fun. Like and he has a really good perspective. So thanks for the recommendation because I really enjoy. It. I, I, yeah, I, awesome. I, yeah, I, if you uh, he's he's got some other like he does uh these kind of guest spot um quick like fifteen minute like what like what's your favorite horror movie uh ones too where like he'll invite people on and talk about their favorites. Uh, so weirdly so enough, cool. that's actually because what the reason it recommended it to me was because uh he had done it was one of those episodes he had done with some wrestlers. So I was like, oh, let me see those. And the first time I watched it, he was fine. But uh, the the wrestler's favorite horror movie was something that I rolled my eyes at. So while I was listening to that, I was scrolling through, and I was like, he he did a kill count on. I forgot the first one I watched, but I was like, oh, let me just I'll, I'll watch this one. And I was like, oh, this is actually really, oh, it was a sleepaway camp. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, let me watch this. And I was like, oh, he's actually really funny and really like I did like dig him. Like so good good suggestion on that. Yeah, Thank yeah, no, yeah, no worries. I, I'm glad you like it. I, yeah, I look for he does. He does uh, got some pretty good serious ones. I the ones that crack me ever the leprechaun ones, uh, just because he calls up from Lebby, Lebby boy, which cracks me up every time. Um, and he does he does weird obscure ones too. Like I I do like he did the whole basket case series, which yep, is like one that not many people would uh, would touch on. Um, and then you know a couple other like one offs too. Like he'll does he'll do some like shows from like Crypt TV and stuff. So I, I think it's. To me, it's always worth to watch. He, he puts them out pretty frequently. He's, in fact, so. it was that his podcast that made me. Um, uh, I was like, I need to revisit the movie Bones, the uh, um, oh, the, yeah. the the Snoop Dogg because I haven't seen it in years. So I was like, damn, dude, this podcast so, making me want to rewatch this. So, yeah. So on that note, just real quick, one other thing that I did watch this week that I was actually surprisingly impressed with was actually the third uh, Tales from the Hood. Oh my god, that's uh, so funny because. I, I watched this, the first two and I was like, oh yeah, there's a third one. And I was like, I wonder if it's any good. But it is actually. Like- I was surprised. Enough, it was it was actually really good. Um, and the stories were good. They they weren't. It was weird. We talked about this before. Like even the second one's like so overtly racist. Um, yeah. But it they, they were actually really great stories. Uh, there's not to give it too much away, but there's a great one in, in the middle about the. Uh, like racist in captivity and that's that's all i'll say with it but it's 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 pretty funny but the wraparound story with tony todd is actually really great too um and very very creepy the way it ends so i was like man for a sci-fi like original movie this was actually really well done and i liked it a hell of a lot better than the the second one of course so not hard to do but i want to say like i mean of course like the humor in the first one is a little more i think these are a little more to me, they, these were a little more darker stories, um, and not as like, not as comical. Like some of them were funny, but um, they they weren't as comical as as intended. So they were very tales from the crypt ish, uh, but but a little bit darker humor. So yeah, if you get a chance to watch, man, is, is I definitely recommend it. Um, I, I will. It was actually I will really watch well it this weekend. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like, because uh, I I, I, I finished watching the the part two and I was like, shit, yeah, the third one. I need to see it. Like, I will say like. Obviously, Tony Todd is a legend, and you know, obviously, um, Clarence Williams, I think, died if I'm not mistaken. So that's why yeah, I had to replace him. But yeah. I do definitely prefer. I, I, Tony Todd's great, and I love him, and he's a legend. But I think just thought Clarence Williams was more of a weird, like he's just more of a idiosyncratic guy, and I thought his performance, yeah, just but, so eccentric, so eccentric. And I exactly, mean, but he's but I also say like prior to that too. 
yeah, I mean, Clarence Williams the third is was he's a legend too. But the thing is, I also feel bad because Tony Todd was stuck being in the second film, which is a piece of shit. So I was like, I was like, well, if he returns for a third one, it's better. So uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I, I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm going to watch it this weekend. Right, cool. Sweet. Hi. You already pitched some uh, blockbuster movie ideas. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've been. I I thought about this for a while because I know to, to, Derek that you you said that you know you're you. You're uh, a writer. You've had uh, definitely had some interesting, or you've had some uh, your own thoughts on on screens and, and sorry, your own thoughts on scripts and, and and screenwriting and stuff. And so I was like, well, yeah, I think this would be fun. So uh, um, I see now, listener, Tank was supposed to participate in this. Well, one. I have a quick synopsis of one. Okay. Uh, you know. Okay. Uh, so I just I just wanted to go real quick, and then uh, I'll let the experts have at it. Uh, okay. and, and just to let you know, it, it's a it, you know it's 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 in the works, and and maybe I'll bring it up next time at the beginning of the show for the the podcast. Uh, but you know, uh, I wrote it down. Uh, so it's in the midst of the 21st century. Uh, an epidemic of organ failures lead to the rise of Hereditary Co., uh, a company providing transplants at a great price. Uh, those who miss their payments become targets of Hereditary Co. and mercenaries who repossess the organs. In a world of drug addiction, legalized murder, a sheltered youth seeks a cure for her rare disease as well as information about her family's mysterious history. Her questions are answered at the Hereditary Opera. I'm just saying. I it, think it's gold. It, I mean, it, it probably pretty much writes itself. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. Opera. It's either the, the Hereditary Opera or the Hereditary Orchestra. Uh, one of the two. Uh, I'm still dilly-dallying with the names. Uh, I think it'll be a blockbuster hit. Uh, might get Kim Kardashian, uh, Trent Reznor uh, would would be a good uh, fit in that movie. Uh, you know, just to, to name a name drop a couple of people in that movie. What do What do you think, Jimothy? I wish people could see the look on my face right now. The disgust. <laughs> yes, yes, I forgot. I forgot about it. I do apologize. Uh, he said, "Thank us." I for, I forgot about. it. I said, "You should just pitch Jimothy the repo genetic opera." Yeah. Just, you, you just change the names a little bit. Hereditary, hereditary uh, orchestra. There you go. Patent pending. I'm, I'm, Copyright. I'm, I'm ashamed to be a part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. I rolled my eyes so hard I saw my own brain. <laughs> that's, that's, as they say, that's a, that's a no for me, dog. That's yeah. a no for me. It's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I should get that sound <laughs> <Exactly>. bite. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I totally forgot. I it just, it just been, uh, you know, no excuses. I just forgot. I apologize. Uh, but I am very, and, and plus, we're we're already half an hour into this thing. Uh, <laughs> there's there's no way we, we could do all three of us. Well, these pitches won't be very long. Okay. I mean, like right. elevator yeah. pitches. But okay, so, yeah. deal. Alrighty, so then y'all are up. So Derek, do you want me to go? Right. Do you want to go? Which whichever I do not care. It doesn't matter. I, I'm happy to go. I'm happy. Right, to go yeah, first. let's let's hear your first one. Be gentle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, my uh, my first uh, one at, at working title uh, is called Afterthought, and <clears throat> what it is is it centers around a basically a group of like you know twenty like late twenty something friends who have like they all went to school together in this small town. They haven't really honestly amounted to a whole hell of a lot like in their life. They were kind of part time jobs or don't work at all. They kind of hang out and drink beer on the weekends and don't, you know, don't really do a whole hell of a lot. And each one has kind of their own individual uh, backstory um, 
you know, kind of their little glimpse into their life. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it really centers around the kind of the, the resentment that their parents have for them um, because here they, they kind of put their lives on hold to have these kids. It didn't really amount to really much of anything at all. And so ironically enough, one day um, they kind of wake up and there's one of their friends in their friend group is missing. Like, and nobody in the friend group remembers who this person is except for like one person in the group, which is our, our main kind of main protagonist. But nobody else knows they even existed, like kind of wiped off the planet. Parents aren't in town anymore. Like nobody can find the parents. Um, you know, so obviously through some quick like search, uh, realize that the, the parents are lived a very different life than what this person remembers having lived. Um, and trying to, you know, she thinks she's going crazy. She tries to try to put her finger on where, like, how can you imagine this person have existed? And all friends think she's not. It's like, we've never known that person. We've never known that family. Like, I've never heard of it. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, kind of kind of scenario. And she's desperately trying to convince her friends that this person existed. It talks about all the memories they had together. And for whatever reason, she just remembers this person. And, you know, slowly but surely, progressively throughout the movie, other members of their friends groups or people that they've known like they knew in school like are also disappearing as well and nobody really has any um concept of like who these people are but for whatever reason whatever trigger this person has um you know remembers them and i think part of it is linked back to the fact that this person has they they're a very smart individual they have an eidetic memory they don't forget anything and so for whatever reason ingrained in their mind they're able to remember these people that just no longer exist and kind of a, a, a long story short there is a, a a local like scientific research group on the on the fringe of town and what they are offering to people in town is experimental time travel and what they're offering to parents is the ability to go back and convince their former selves to not have their children so their lives won't be as interrupted as it was. So like for the parents that have these disappointing children, they go back and basically convince their former selves to like either not to get with that person, not to have a children, to go ahead and have an abortion and prevent them from uprooting their lives and destroying or basically what they could deem in their own mind is like destroying their lives um, because they stopped it for kids that don't really do anything and haven't really amounted to much in, in their life. So um, it's just the main female protagonist is kind of trying to race against the clock to prevent her own, like her own mother, who's kind of like a stay at home single mom from like going back as she's be, kind of been talking to this research group about the disappointments in her, um, in her own child to prevent her from going back and actually like wiping her off like the face of the planet. Um, and so it kind of, <clears throat> kind of tails into that. I, I don't quite know where it would end. I kind of almost wanted to end where the mom actually like, um, the mom actually does go through with it and then, um, but it doesn't work in the way that she intended. And then the girl that's the main protagonist actually ends up being born with like, is basically like born with some type of like abnormality or congenital like defect because her mom didn't go through the right channels to like go back and get an abortion. So she ended up with like some like defect in the future because her mom like screwed it all up and uh, kind of leaving it at that. And maybe, you know, you can go from there and do like a sequel where we're like, you know, her mom has to go back and like try to fix things or she tries to go back and fix things uh, by using the same 
benefited from that same research group. So that's that's my pitch. I call it afterthought. I, afterthought. I fucking dig the heck out of that. It's actually very cre like it's actually very depressing and very dark. And it's like high concept <laughs> right? that yeah. It, it's that kind of high concept though that's really interesting and it has like you could explore that a lot and and it's something again that's weirdly like I think a lot of people like subconsciously could be like yeah, I, I consider that. <laughs> well, it's like one of those things. Like you always think, like if I could, if I could go back in time and like convince myself not to do something, like you know, I everybody has a sauce. Like man, if I go talk to my ten year old self, I would I would say like never pick a fight with that person because they're gonna kick your ass oh, yeah. three ways a Sunday or stupid stuff like that. So like I thought like my, well, what my- if somebody took it to the next level? Like I, I thought like one of the backstories was like the mom was like a really famous eighties actress and she got pregnant. And then that pregnancy took her out of the limelight long enough that she missed like a key role. And that she's kind of a has-been actress that's like kind of linked to the bottle. And, you know, so like she's like one of the ones that like wants to like really pushing to go back and like, look what I can do. Like I'd be, and she becomes like a big famous actress in, from the eighties because she stayed on and took all these other roles because she like got rid of her kids. So like, what is the, what is the upside? Right. So. I dig it, man. I dig it. That's a that's a good. I think you need to call up Jason Bloom right now and pitch that movie. Like mm-hmm. I call, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this podcast to be like uh, copyrighted, trademarked. Uh, give me a cut of the royalties, but yeah, hey, sign me, sign me up. That uh, sounds like sounds like maybe an end of the dark series. That's right. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, you said you said a high uh, high standard right out the gate. I dig it. All right, man. Uh, I'm, excited, I'm excited to hear yours. Okay, well, so my so both of my ideas that I'm pitching today are both slashers, but they are literally opposite sides of the same coin. I will go with the so the first one is a trait straight up more. It's a straight up love letter to '80s style uh, slashers, not set in the '80s though. It's more of a tonal thing, but it's like a horror comedy. It's a it is a supernatural slasher with some comedic elements. Um, so the so okay so the first idea is uh we see some indiscriminate time like like some sort of medieval period and basically it's uh this evil necromancer wizard has basically overthrown had overthrown this kingdom and you know um a, you know was sort of uh the de facto king but at this point now the the towns the villages or whatever have you know had enough and they're they're coming to basically uh, burn him at the stake, get rid of him, kill him, uh, get get justice for all of the evil things he's done. Um, but he has his right-hand man uh, is this monstrous, hulking executioner. Uh, so very, like, over the top, like the pointed black hood, you know, the, the, the studded arm bracelet. He's a big, burly, but he's also, like, like a deadite, like a a zombified executioner who basically is mindless and does whatever the executioner says. So he knows he's about to get killed, and his only confident, the only person he can trust is this executioner, uh, who has become like his like his like henchman. So he says, like, look, um, I'm about to kill myself to give myself the power to resurrect myself, but I need you. I'm going to put you in stasis. I'm going to basically put this curse on you and make you in slumber, but someday, you know, it is fated that you will basically be re, you know, you'll be reawakened. And then from there, I need you to, you know, get, you know, 
the, the 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 blood of five innocents, or I need you to get me, you know, a, a, a corpse to be reborn, something in that. Like he basically is setting him a task to uh, help him be reborn. So cut to modern day, and you're somewhere in you know indiscriminate in in Europe, some Eastern European country, and of course you get these five uh, backpacking, uh, you know, freshmen in college who've decided to, uh, you know, spend their summer backpacking through Europe. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they go on this sort of um, excursion. And like all Americans who don't fucking uh, have any common sense, uh, they're warned to not, you know, they go to this area and they're like, look, don't, you know, this, this, is a, this is a historic landmark. You're not allowed to go in here in this old temple church thing, castle, whatever, you know. Um, and of course they don't listen. And through shenanigans, uh, uh, eventual shenanigans, they do end up, unfortunately, reawakening the tomb of the executioner. And the executioner is awakened, and now it's uh, uh, unholy justice. And so not only do you have this slasher element where you have this hulking, unkillable executioner um, with this crazy you know, axe or whatever um, who's killing these kids, but he's also, they have to find a way to stop him because if he gets that he's going to bring about this powerful uh, necromancer who will take over the world. So basically um, the, the premise is basically, you know, uh, you have, which I'm honestly, I shocked that there has never been a legitimate, just very cut and dry execute. I think an execution is the most coolest looking iconic, like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, just who's not scared of a big hooded dude in that act. But, um, but you know, it would be, um, it would be very much like, you know, very gory, very practical effects. Um, it would be very self-aware, but not in a wink and nod kind of way. In a, in a, in the in the way that like a movie, like Night of uh, the Demons is is self-aware. Like all of those, the humor is intentional, the weirdness is intentional. Um, uh, at least one could argue it is. Uh, but you know, it's still it, it doesn't take itself so seriously that it becomes pretentious. Um, high concept, but not. You know something that's very palpable and very easy to uh, to digest, and ultimately something that I feel like one could just be uh, first off create a new like horror icon, another like very visually interesting character in the same you know vein as like a lumbering you know like a Jason or a Leatherface type of like larger than life physical, but like again also a super he's not just a psychopath he's a supernatural slasher he's a, he's a killer with a purpose, and that you could obviously like you know because of the different elements, you'd be able to sort of do multiple sequels, take it in crazy ways. Um, but basically it's just my, I, I, as I was been digesting a ton of like, um, you know, like eighties slashers, but not like the very, like, you know, not the, the traditional ones, movies like berserker or like these like more high concept weirdo one where they, the, 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 the slasher monster himself is just sort of a, what the fuck? Like very unexpected. So, that's my first one. It's more of a uh, a silly movie. We'll get to my second one, which is the opposite. I like that, man. I, I, I love the idea of like an executioner style, like slasher, um, especially one that is like, you know, kind of like dormant for a while, right? Like yeah. old school, traditional, like axe wielding, you know, it'd be awesome too. Like, cause he come up and obviously he's been dormant for a while. So his, his hood is like not fully like, you know, it's exactly. deteriorated. Obviously exactly. he's deteriorated because he's been, underneath so he's like you know half like to your point he's like he's you know this is a necromancer so he's like part dead eye with like the half like executioner mask like showing his face but you get exactly you you are you know exactly where i was going with it, it like 
exactly. Uh, it's like I mean, yeah, very I mean, badass. And it's uh, the working title is either the executioner or the executioner because he has this big double-sided, oh. crazy, <laughs> evil-looking axe that he kills people with. Him. Oh, I, I like very the play pun- words. Like, it's I very punny. It a fun movie, right? Like, yeah. Exactly. It very has to be kind of punny and silly, but also kind of like, damn, I want to see the executioner. That sounds gnarly. So, but again, very, it would be very practical effects, very gory, a lot of over-the-top kills. Nothing like it. Not. You know, the opposite of like a torture porn, very like like over the top, you know. I would I hate to say it, but more in the vein of something like uh, Hatchet. <laughs> but better. Yes, better but better. Exactly. I like that, man. All right. uh, so I, w- I was going to, I, I kind of had two that I was, I was kicking around in my brain, but since we already talked to one that kind of evolved time travel, and we'll do another like high concept time travel one, but I, I will do kind of a supernatural one. Um, so I, Kind of, kind of think this story it's very much like in your vein like it's fun you know it would be a fun story um, and basically it's, a, it's about these group of friends that uh that are urban ex- that are kind of like uh they're kind of like adventurers or explorers they're kind of like they're urban explorers they'll go through con- tunnels and catacombs and and so one day they decide that there is uh you know an, an old 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 prison like probably in the, say like in the like deep deep louisiana like one of the southern like bible belt states and uh, it's known to be like a very like you know like haunted abandoned place. It was shut down like you know in the, in the early fifties, um, and you know very secluded. So <clears throat> this concept is they they go there and you kind of think initially that that is going to be the place of like where they're going to find all this supernatural like elements. But they go and they kind of you know very easy like explore and you know kind of they're spooking each other out. And they're taking videos and YouTube. Um, and it's getting late, and obviously they're, they're kind of had hiked all they had to hike all the way in. Um, so they decided that they're gonna kind of just camp, and then they're gonna make their way out of the night. So there's a kind of a neighboring forest, it's very deep, very dense, like very dark. Um, and so they go into this forest to kind of camp out for the for the night. And as they're as they're camping, they can kind of feel kind of the supernatural like presence around them. Um, and slowly but surely they begin to kind of get picked off or separated like one by one. They are getting lost or getting turned around. Like they're hearing things in the night or voices, uh, just spooking them. And they, they eventually decide they're going to try to escape the woods, make it back to their car, but they just keep getting turned around. Like wherever, where they go, they, they keep going back to the same spot. They can't do it. And kind of the story behind it is it, it is a haunted woods and the reason that it's haunted is because uh in the early early days of the prison like in early days of executions kind of execution kind of mm-hmm. um they would what they would do is they were one of the first like organizations to ever like concept proof the uh the body pods like that they would like people can plant trees from so they would anytime they would kill or somebody would be die die in prison purely ex death row inmates, which they were in the south, so they killed a lot of people. They would actually put the body in this like this tree, like this sapling, and then the tree would grow and it would populate the forest. So it only provides covering to, you know, the surrounding areas so not nobody could get out of the prison because it's a ton of trees and forests. Uh, but also it's a way to kind of uh, not have to pay a lot for a burial because you're just planting a tree on top of that. 
So this forest is haunted by the souls of all these executed prisoners, murderers, rapists uh, that are all in the woods, and they're haunting the trees in which they were planted in. So as the tea, as the group of people are trying to uh, go, they're actually being picked off by these haunted trees and like the spirits of the forest of these executed prisoners, um, and they have to basically survive the night in order to get out uh, by by dawn. Uh, where the spirits are at rest and they can make their way out. So it's really like fighting for their lives, uh, trying to find a way. And eventually they, the idea is they decide they're going to burn the forest down to the ground and hopefully just like kind of cremate the trees and, and the bodies. Um, so it's kind of just figured and in a very big, like spooky, spectacular, like flaming trees everywhere, trying to grab at them and, and pull them under, again, you know, kind of destroy them as, as they're on fire. So it's, that's my I dig it too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's something you. I, I mean, outside of like the the rape trees and Evil Dead, like the idea of like <laughs> evil nature is so interesting and like not a concept that you know is you know has been played to death. So like, I, I dig it as well. Yeah, I think I think that you could do some really unique shit with like, you know, possessed nature is like such a yeah. yeah. I again, I dig it. It's very. It's like big, very unique big, like, big burly. And I was like, what made me think of it is like that tree and poltergeist on his kids, you scared the shit out of me. So I was like, man, imagine if you had a whole forest of those trees, like yep. a combination of those trees with like kind of the evil dead trees. And they're like obviously possessed by like very evil, you know, uh, you know, very evil people that kill people when they were alive. So let alone how many people have died in that, uh, that forest since they've, they've been dead just kind of picking picking people off as they come in they don't even know it so um, i dig it i would watch that movie in a heartbeat thanks man i appreciate it man you you're bringing you're bringing you're bringing good shit uh so so my second movie um is basically would be my attempt to basically completely deconstruct what is a slasher and what the like the sort of the um you know the hallmarks of the tr- the slasher genre, kind of really taking a look at it. I know this all sounds highfalutin, but bear with me. But you basically taking what, why, like. Anyways, let me get into it. So first of all, it's called Brave Face. I will get to that. Um, so basically, the movie would start with you see this kid. This he's a you know a big, slow, emotionally disturbed kid. Um, his mom, you know, him and his mom live together. They're very poor. She's a very sweet lady, but she is, she hops from one. Um, she's super codependent. Um, so she keeps, she's in all these terrible relationships with all these like low life pieces of shit. Um, and you know, he's the, her son is, you know, um, like I said, is emotionally disturbed and has, you know, obviously some, uh, some learning disabilities, you know, but he's a big, he's a big sweet kid that loves his mom. And, you know, uh, it doesn't have the emotional uh, intelligence to understand what's going on. But, you know, um, in the beginning, you see that she 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 finally breaks up with this this piece of shit redneck guy who's just been, you know, um, like stalking her and, you know, you know very abusive. So um, the guy, you know, ends up um, she, the little boy, the a neighbor brings the little boy to his mom's work. Um, so that, you know, cause the, she's, she's watching and saying, I, you know, here's your little boy back. I have to go. And the little boy is waiting for his mom and he sees the, his, his ex mom, his mom's ex-boyfriend, his abusive boyfriend, um, getting out of the truck and coming up and he can see he's got something in his hand. So 
basically what ends up happening is the the her abusive ex wants to basically throw a cup of uh, hydrochloric acid in her face, but the little boy sees it before it's about to happen and, and basically gets in the way and then he gets the the basically the acid attack um, and it basically becomes horribly disfigured. So now he is like uh, on top of everything. Now he is uh, physically scarred, emotionally scarred. He's just, he has all this anger, but the, you know, the, you know, the, you see the mom is just like, she's hyper protective of him now and stuff. And, you know, then from the next point you see like, he's, you know, he doesn't want to interact with people. He's, he's embarrassed. He's like emotionally scarred. So the only way he'll like go out into the world is if he, she, She's like, hey, like, this is your brave face. So when you want to go out, if you to feel comfortable, just put on your brave face. And it's this sort of like homemade mask that's sort of like, you know, I'm still working out the the the, the logistics of it. So, but in my originally in my head, it was almost like a old school sort of like Superman Halloween mask, which is like a handsome face, but like you know, like a cheap thing that's gets deteriorated. But kind of working on that idea. But basically, it's like something that he can wear around other people so he doesn't feel like complete like he's not so embarrassed so then but as then his mom dies you know she gets she's elderly um and she basically tells him like look like you know i'm not gonna be around to take care of you you have to you have to basically you this is yours now this is your home you defend your home you don't let people push you around um and then she dies and he's left all alone meanwhile like you know he, he barely they live in this like really like they live in a mountain like a mountain village it's very you know secluded and even when he goes into town nobody wants anything to do with him because he's this hulking you know emotionally disturbed dude who has to wear a mask and they know he's deformed but he kind of keeps to himself well one night he's he's on his property when uh, basically now you see these so basically this um you see these it's a guy and his brother and his brother's girlfriend um who, you know, the 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 brother, the middle brother, um, is part of this gang. This like he's basically there. It's a po- you know they live in poverty, so he's basically been hooking up with this gang. But his brother is basically trying to fuck with, basically trying to short this like um, you know this like group of like basically like redneck you know meth dealers or whatever, and um, uh. You know, and he tells his his brother and his girlfriend, like, look, like, it's fine. I worked it out. Like, they forgave me. Um, I just have to give them back, you know, their stuff. So they go out to what they think is this secluded area, you know, this place that nobody goes to, which is they don't understand is the property of this guy. And, um, uh, you know, they they go into the pretense. They bring out this guy and his brother and his girlfriend, like, on the pretense, like, yeah, everything's cool. We just we just want to squash this beef. It's cool. Like. Um, we forgive you, but they don't. So when they get to the site, they end up shooting the the middle brother in the fucking face. Um, and, you know, th- then it becomes like these like fucking vicious, like meth dealer gang, white trash gang trying to kill the other two. But meanwhile, the, you know, we'll just call him brave face. Um, all he hears is people on his property um, and he hears the gunshot and he's been his whole life. He's just been told like, you know, you can't trust anybody. You know, you have to defend your property. So, so now he's fucking manning up. He puts on his fucking brave face and he and his fucking you know his twelve gauge and his and an axe. And he's like, no, this is mine. Like they're finally gonna come take me away. You know, I'm I'm not gonna let them take me. So now it's like this weird. You have the you know the brother and his brother. You know his 
dead brother's girlfriend and him are trying to get away from the gang. The gang are trying to kill them. Now you have, you know, the the this lumbering, you know, masked uh, uh, dude who doesn't know right. He doesn't know who's, you know, he just knows these people on his property and he's, you know, trying to get them off. And from there it becomes like trying to like, you know, find the balance between, you know, these two guys, these, this, this brother who just, you know, didn't, you know, the tragedy of losing your brother and now trying to not get killed from these gang. And also this like scary giant uh, killer is trying to come get you, but they're trying to be like, look, like we don't even know what, what do you want? And, you know, and, I have a twist at the end that I don't want to spoil here, but like it would have a pretty interesting end um, that, you know, would kind of. When would you really, anyways, when, but when, yeah, when, so when would you say that ending? I mean, is it ever going to happen? Well, I mean, the ending is sort of key. I mean, I don't know if it gets made or if some, if a, if a producer wants to read a script and then, yeah, but gotcha. Yeah. I just want my, I don't want my ending to be stolen. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Awesome. But yeah, so it's basically just I'll, like a very I'll realistic take. I'm going to try to mentally imagine all the twists that it could be. Nice. nice. If you guess it, I'll tell you if you're right. Oh, no. I wouldn't even begin to, to, to try to guess that. It, it's nothing. It's nothing. I will say it's nothing like it's not like it's just it doesn't end. I think the way you think it would end. I was like, does it end up being that the main, the main old school meth head is actually the original boyfriend from the beginning that threw the acid in the face of the kid, and so he ends up getting revenge on his original attacker? Well, I I will say n- no, but you're also not far off. And even though it doesn't, it's not a, a, a implicit about the quote unquote the ending. That is part of one of the reveals is something to do with what you just said. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll yeah. guess anymore. But yeah. Cool. I, I like it. I, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the concept of like, is he really the villain? Like, because he's exactly. not, he's like, you know, he's being told that that's kind of like this is your house and you defend your ground. Like he's doing what his mom told him to do, and and he doesn't know anybody. So obviously, because nobody gives him the time of day. So how does he know these people are good or bad or otherwise? So he's just doing what he thinks is right. While the other people are just trying to get away and survive, and then you have like the meth heads in between, where they're really, it's really the bad guys, right? Like at the end of the day. um, Yeah, I like that, man. I I really, I love the name. I love the thing, like the title of like the brave face, because I do imagine this old, you know, like the old Clark Kent, like Superman, you know, faces with the like the black hair and the the doll up and exactly, yeah, something in that realm, something that's like you know would be. You know, but yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's the, those are my two uh, as far as my slashers. So, well, right, I, like I, I think this is something that definitely needs to be revisited. Uh, that was a lot of fun listening to that, and it gave me some ideas too. So, um, well, I will say this though, real quick. One thing I wanted to say with this too is like, like I want to hear feedback from our viewers. Like, first off, you know, do do, do our ideas are, are would you watch those ideas? Do they suck? Uh, do you do you have your own ideas for movies? Like let's yeah. like, let's start a conversation. Like and where yeah, where true. where would you be able to do that? It's a interesting question. Glad you asked, Tank. Uh, <laughs> here's the answer. You follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's really easy. Uh, it's at Movie Misfits Pod. Uh, movie Misfits. M O V I E M I S F I T S P O D. And you can follow us on the Twitter and uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, you know, 
Uh, and also, uh, if you enjoyed the conversation, you, just, you can let us know there too. Uh, but we also appreciate you following us on Spotify and on the Apple Podcast and subscribing to us there. Uh, but that being said, any last sentiments before we go, guys? Yep, this was really fun, and uh, I think we should definitely yeah. visit. We yeah. should, yeah. We should, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if we get a couple pitches out there, maybe the, uh, the listening audience could, could vote and say, like, That's what right. pitch, Absolutely. What pitch, you, what pitch you like. Yeah, like say like yeah, like if the if the like look, as a listener, you're a producer, you have the budget to make two of the films we talked about tonight. Which two would you make? That's right. Hey, good good question there. Uh, and also just uh, just uh, I guess foreshadowing, uh, the next time we record is going to be two days before Christmas. Are we going to be be doing a Christmas episode? We can. I'm down with that. We can. Ho okay. ho ho. Maybe 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 not. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, it'll be two days before Christmas before another horror show comes out, uh, and that'll actually be the last one for the year before we move on to movie misfits, which is really exciting. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you again for listening, guys. Uh, I'm Tank Rodriguez, and for Dirty Dirty Derek, and for Jimothy James Dean, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Bye. Say bye, Derek. Jeez. Bye. I don't want to say goodbye. I hate saying. I say it. It's not bye. It's I'll I'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye.